and welcome in to the newest and the last episode of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball pod- Podcast. Don't worry, last episode just for this season. Correct. I want to put that caveat out there. We are not done forever. Although, who knows, Matt, we may be done with this name. We'll have we to might, see. Be. might be a little bit of a rebranding and a little bit of a reshuffling here. We'll see. But uh, obviously, World Series happened. The World Series came. The World Series is gone. And now we're looking forward to, I guess, what's next, Matt? Winter, probably winter meetings and some random free agent signings beforehand. Yeah, I mean, we've already technically seen some free agent signings, I guess, right? Didn't the Brewers sign somebody to a one-year deal? The Nats signing minor leaguers to minor league contracts already? We've seen an extension. I know Muncie got extended. Yeah, so. um, we've seen some uh, some some deals, you know, some club options declined, like Victor Robles had his option declined. Um, I saw Jorge Soler uh, opted out of his last year in Miami. So we've got some movement, some movement, mm-hmm. but there's a few huge fish in the pond uh, to talk about and see where they land before I think anybody else makes some real moves there. That's what it's going to be. It's We're basically, I remember coming into this this season, the one that just came and went, and it was, we were sitting there waiting, and I think it was like the shortstop position. We were waiting for the first shortstop yes. to sign. Waiting for, you're waiting for the first domino to fall. Correct. That way, the market's set. Everybody knows where to go from there. And I assume it'll be another meeting or another offseason like that. I would assume so. But let's uh, recap a little bit of the World Series first. I think it was a better series than history will give it credit for being. Like you hear five game series, you're like, yeah, that was kind of a blowout. A team got lucky one time and not really. Like it should have been 2 0 going back to Arizona, except for two bad pitches by Paul Seawall, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a bad pitch by Miguel Castro. And then, like, they John Smoltz did a great job of recapping it in game five that, like, they scored in two innings in game five, they scored in one inning or two innings in game four. They scored in one inning in game three. They scored like so they've scored in base they scored in basically a total of nine innings in a five <laughs> five game series. So I you know, everybody who's using this as well, that you know, the Diamondbacks didn't deserve they knocked off two division winners, a hundred game winner, and everybody's pick seemingly to go in the in the Phillies. So you can't say they didn't deserve it. Did they have a bad couple of games? Yeah, they did. They went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position in game 5. You're never going to win a game, spring training, regular season, postseason, World Series, going 0 for 9 in that situation. Not going to happen. Why does it always seem to be that? So the series ended in five. Obviously, Texas took four or five. That's just how it was. They won the World Series. Why is it after the fact that Arizona only won one game? At that point, we say that we don't belong to be there. And I'm not saying we as you or I. It's the collective we, everybody. I think people are backing up their prediction with what happened, right? This happened so that you know, they're doing the opposite of cause and effect. Right. So I think going into it, everybody was like, oh, an 84-win Diamondbacks team, they suck. This is a product of expanded playoffs. And if they didn't expand the playoffs, they wouldn't even be close. So they must suck. So 
they don't deserve it. So now this happens. So now I was proved correct. When in reality, for two thirds of the season, the Diamondbacks were on a 98 win pace. They had a bad 50 game stretch. Happens. Nats did it too. They won it in 2017 in a very weird series where the road team won every single game in that series. Never happened again in the World Series. Probably won't happen again. Did in the ALCS when Texas and Houston won every road game. <laughs> so, you know, the way I would look at it is Texas needed some first evers to happen, right? They were the first team ever in the history of the World Series to post two five-run innings back-to-back. They're the first team, I think, ever to go 11-0 and on the road, right? They're the first team ever to... What was the other? There was another fact that I heard. Um, you know, so both teams needed, you know, things to go the right way. The Rangers just got more help from the bullpen. And Nathan Eovaldi's a flipping magician. I don't know how you allow nine base runners and get out of it scoreless <laughs> all the time. Yeah, that is that is for sure. And I guess. The, did you see the tweet too that the I think it was the Rangers GM was working the Eovaldi deal like on Christmas Eve like that's who he was talking to and his his like I guess his wife I think it was his wife was a little upset or something that on Christmas Eve he was working yeah. that deal and then he now he gets the I guess you call this the ultimate like not necessarily I told you so but like uh, see what I was doing do you see why it was important look at it now look yeah. at it now yeah that's and fun. by the way. The Rangers have inspired the Red Sox, I think, in their their front office because the the Red Sox just hired Craig Breslow mm-hmm. to be their GM. Yep, former Ivy League MLB, you know, Ivy Leaguer like Chris Young is, MLB pitcher like Chris Young is, former Red Sox like Chris Young was with the Rangers, and now they're using that on field. This is who I liked to play with experience to build the team. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to change until John Henry decides to put money into the team, but you know. Right. Yeah. And shout out for the World Series MVP, Corey Seeger. What was it? Like three, I'm looking here, three home runs, three walks, a OPS over eleven hundred. Not to mention Marcus Semien had an OPS over nine hundred. And while Josh Jung the majority of his hits were singles, seven for 20 on the biggest stage in baseball doesn't hurt. In, yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, Corey Seager joins Reggie Jackson as the only two position players to ever win the World Series MVP twice. Yep. Um, Corey Seager is the first one to do it in two different leagues because mm-hmm. obviously he did it with the uh, Dodgers. Now, interestingly, he has still not been able to celebrate a World Series title as a home team on his home field. Yet, because he won a World Series title with the Dodgers at Texas Ranger Stadium mm-hmm. as a Dodger, and then won the World Series as a Ranger in Arizona. So, Poor guy. Kind of you'll, take, you'll take a ring, though. Even if you don't get to celebrate at home, you take the ring over anyway. He'll take a ring. Uh, Marcus Simeon set an MLB record for most plate appearances ever in a season, including postseason with 834, because that dude does not take days off. He has missed one game in the last three years, including postseasons. Uh, it's pretty impressive. So, but now we get to the business of GMs and free agents and trades and building for next year. 
let me throw this out there. Take out 2020 and Semyon has 700 plus plate appearances in five straight seasons. That's insane. He's an Iron Man, dude. Like that. The Rangers played a hundred and what seventy nine games this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. He played in all one hundred and seventy nine. He played in one hundred and sixty two regular season games. He played in one sixty one last year, and he played in one sixty two the year before that. So he has missed one game in three years. Wow, 2020, he missed seven games. What a slacker that year. I know, man. Really? 53 out of 60? Like Dating back to 2018, 159 games, 162, 53 out of 60, 162, 161, 162. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. And 100 RBI, second time in three years, two for him. So good, good on, good on you, Marcus. Good on you, because I didn't think you'd do it this year again. And I think this is back-to-back years. I said he'd be a bust in it. It didn't hit. So, so now so naturally do it again, and then I'll draft him <laughs> and we'll be fine. This year, well, this year, if I don't include him, he will. And then it'll, you know, I'm just I'm the opposite on like, it. see, I've been telling you for three years this was gonna happen. <laughs> I was three years too early. It's like on Mitch Keller, I was like four years too early, two years too early on. Well, that guy needs a better fastball. But. Well, hey, 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 this is not time to critique the 2026 World Series champions. I swear to God, if you call it, I'm gonna do. <laughs> I wouldn't bet. I don't know if I'd bet on. It. I don't know if I'm that confident, but I can make. I can, I can throw takes out here. Why not? 2026. So you've got Paul Skeens in the majors for three and a half years at that point. Yeah, Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Pirates, Nats, Pirates, Nats, NLCS. That's gonna bring tickets in. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I mean, in fairness, this was the lowest watched World Series yeah. ever, but that's for the league to discuss, really. Like, it irritates me that fans are like, see, I told you the matchup sucked. It's like, okay, but last year sucked too, and the year before was the lowest. And then, like, it's because these things are so chopped up, and you have to go to, like, six different streaming things to watch them. Yeah. Right? Like it goes from TBS to Fox to, you know, you had to watch it. I think one of the games was on CNBC. I don't know. Like, (laughs) they're just not to mention, by the way, baseball, if you want to get things off on the right foot, don't start series on days where nobody watches television. Hmm. Why do you think the networks don't put on any of their huge shows on Fridays and Saturdays? Nobody watches television. Right. Nope. They don't watch them on Fridays and Saturdays. I understand you have as the, you know, it's picked beforehand and whatever. Adjust it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the kind of that plays out nonetheless. And it's one of those things too, where like I understand viewership is where it comes in, but then you got like certain. I know baseball is different. It's apples to oranges compared to football, but like. The two worst teams in football on Thursday night still going to attract them, attract a massive crowd. Like just because it's football, true. But at the end of the day, like we shouldn't just go off viewership of making of what determining whether it's good or not. Not that's right. Not but what I, we also, I, I also, I also want to know how are they tracking views for Thursday night football now because it's entirely streaming, right? Like the argument has always been, you can't track views very well on streaming because the numbers aren't exact and you can't track them the same way you track, you know the TV station that you get locked onto and whatnot. Now the world series, 
not necessarily having to stream it because it was on Fox. Like, you know, it could have gotten it with rabbit ears, whatever. But, you know, it also happened to be over Halloween, which, granted, usually happens. But I'm just saying, like, didn't exactly help their cause by starting it <laughs> on a Friday, Saturday, where nobody watches television. Then you're off on Sunday where everybody watches television. And if I recall correctly, the Sunday night game wasn't all that. <laughs> wasn't a huge draw this week, if I recall the Sunday night game correctly. Um, so, like, you missed the prime, the, the, the prime time to be watching stuff. And then by the time you got it back, the series was basically over. It also wasn't helped by terrible lumps behind the plate. Yeah, I saw some of your tweets. You weren't overly thrilled about it. Well, it's not just that, but, like, you look at the umpire audit. Twitter and like only one of those dudes was ranked in the top 10 or top 20 all year. Yeah. You had a guy who was like 79th out of 92 dudes in baseball and calling balls and strikes, calling balls and strikes game three of the world series, which is arguably the most pivotal game of the series. How like you can't, you can't sit there and go, well, this is a problem. We're going to put the worst dudes behind it to show you. And then, by the way, not give you robo-umps because we don't think it's ready or worth it or whatever. Not our problem to figure out, right? No, but, like, Manfred – well, that's the other problem. Is like Manfred clearly hates the game. And so I think fans are starting to turn away from that in the postseason because they don't want to reward him. Also, the 2017 Maybe. cheating scandal where – the. The Astros got to win it by cheating and keep their ring. I don't think anybody wants to, <laughs> yeah. to pay attention. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But you alluded to it earlier. We have to look ahead a little bit. Obviously, once we get into the winter months, December, January, you got to get to winter meetings. You start getting the hot stove. Obviously, the what we we did the free agent tracker last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming we'll probably do something like that. So there will be no shortage of baseball content right. once news starts picking up, but we'll do a little preview here to kind of end. We'll, we'll put the bow on the 2023 season by looking ahead to the 2024 free agent class. And again, we are contractually obligated to mention Shohei Otani right. and to no surprise, even with a damaged UCL, he is still the top guy on the market. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, you figure he's going to be out till, what, June? I mean, Bryce was back pretty quick um, for the hitting side of things. Otani, you're not putting in the field either, so it's literally just DHing. You can get him back by June. You're still talking about a 35 home run bat, not that he would hit that from June on. You know, 2020 is going to be a slow year for him just DHing, right? But after that, you'd have to assume you're getting, what, at least seven years of an ace pitcher? If he can assume assuming. he's healthy. Assuming. Right? And he can always DH. So, yeah. yeah, he's he's the top he's the top guy on the market for sure. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I think I, I tend to believe that he's staying in L.A. Not with the Angels, but I think he goes to the Dodgers. Very well could be. What about what about the righty from overseas, Yamamoto? Do you think, can he come over and be an immediate impact arm and change a rotation for a team? 
That's a tricky one to answer because I'm going to say it kind of depends on where he lands. I think mm-hmm. there are better spots for him to do that and be effective mm-hmm. um, and take his, you know, early season lumps. Like Kodai Senga in the, in the beginning part of the year wasn't great. Especially, half, especially away from his home park. Correct. Second half, he was amazing. Dumb. Like worked his way into could be a fringe NL Cy Young candidate. Um, so do I think we see a similar thing with Yamamoto? Yeah, I do. Um, who do I think gets him? I don't know. It's hard to judge these Japanese guys because everybody goes, oh, he's just going to go to the most expensive, like for the most expensive offer. Not necessarily. Because a lot of times these guys are picking things based on who can watch back home, where the endorsements are. Um, you know, nobody thought Otani was going to land with the Angels. But he picked West Coast because it was closer to home. People could watch him more. The endorsements in L.A. were nice. Pressure wasn't all that high. Like, maybe this guy doesn't want a high-pressure situation. Are we so sure that he winds up in New York just because Steve Cohen has an endless checkbook to write? Yeah. I'm not saying he winds up with the Yankees either because maybe he doesn't want the biggest media market on the planet to follow his every move, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, Seattle could be in play. They have money they like to spend. They like to make big moves. They could use a pitcher for sure. The Cubs could, play, could be in play. You know, nobody saw them getting, say, a Suzuki, and he fit in pretty well. And, you know, whatnot, they'll have an opening, at least one, in their rotation because Hendricks and Stroman are free agents. So... You know, maybe he winds up there. So I think in the, in the first couple of months, it's going to be, you know, getting used to his surroundings. And then in the second half, I think you really see him take off. And then let's do this to keep a shorter episode here for the for the last one as we preview it. What is one or who is one free agent that you are most interested to see where they go? They don't necessarily have to be the biggest name on the market, but maybe it's something from a fantasy potential, like getting them somewhere would be the most appealing or potentially the most appealing what is who is the one free agent that you will be keeping a very close eye on and let's actually you know let's actually say this it can't be one of the big ones like we can't say otani we've already contractually obligated to say him we've already done our part there who's one free agent that you're really interested to see where they go uh cody bellinger Mm, okay does he re-sign with the cubs who fixed it who fixed his swing and he's had a great year and he was a gold glove center fielder again seemed to really like that city does he resign with them because they've shown some interest in wanting him to be back. Um, and from the pitching side of things, how about Eduardo Rodriguez? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think a sneaky little landing spot is Baltimore, mm-hmm. who could use an inning eating, probably number two starter, reliable, reliable guy, right? And you know he could really use that the deepest left field in baseball to help him out there. So I think that's an interesting spot to see. Um, And then just from a real-world baseball perspective, where does Will Smith sign? Because that team's winning the World Series. He's won, what, three in a row now? He's won three in a row with three different teams. He won it (laughs) with the Astros. He won it with the Braves. And now he won it with the Rangers. 
First player in any of the major four sports in North America to have accomplished three championships in three years with three different teams. So wherever he signs, <laughs> see this. Watch, watch the betting odds for him, or for that wherever he goes. See that team. See how it shifts in the days. So yeah. get in on it. I'll give you mine here. I am looking towards Jorge Soler. Where is he going to go? He's got the thirty-six home runs from last season. Where is he going to go? Everyone's going to go. Oh, let's put him in Coors, and it'll be amazing. Let's see. Sure, if he goes to Coors, cool. But Are otherwise, sure, it's going to be amazing. Like, well, no. But we've seen power hitters go to cores and then not hit home runs at cores. No, for sure. It's just one. I think that's what everyone's going to go. It's like, oh, yeah, Jorge Soler and cores. I don't necessarily need him to go to cores. I just want him to go to a spot, maybe perhaps a little bit of a better lineup than he had this year. Stay healthy, keep the power. He's going to be an interesting one for me that I'm going to keep my eye on. And then the what other one, Arizona, he would be fun mm-hmm. in Arizona. Well, another guy that I wouldn't mind on going somewhere maybe perhaps it is arizona but i would love to see a potential i hate to call it a bounce back for teoscar hernandez but like he had a rough go at certain parts and i mean his numbers for the year ended up fine but maybe get him out of seattle a little bit more hitter friendly park i wouldn't mind seeing where teoscar hernandez will end up in free agency here this offseason matt any other ones that you want to call out here before we wrap up um, I guess Reese Hoskins is interesting, right? Like coming mm-hmm. off the knee, do we really see? Do we really see him returning to Philly? Because if he goes back to Philly, I guess the argument is you're moving Bryce back to the outfield. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem: Castellanos is the only qualified hitter this year to not record an error yep. all year. Guy was dragged for his defense. Dude was a gold glove right fielder this year. Are you putting Bryce back there? Or are you moving Bryce to left? And then what do you do with Schwartz? DH him? Because if you DH him, then who are you taking out of that lineup at DH? Right. So I don't know that Hoskins has a spot back in Philly. So he's an interesting guy, 31-year-old, capable first base, DH, power bat. Pretty interesting. And Aaron Nola. Anybody pay attention to the ace, to the co-ace of the Phillies who may not be back in Philly? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big starting pitcher on the on the market. Because I don't know where Philly gets the money to resign that guy, to be honest. Yep. And watch for a mass exodus from San Diego since they had to take a $50 million loan out in September to cover player salaries. Last one I'll highlight just because it's more very kind of deeper league appeal, but he's a name that he can get he can get it going and he can stay hot. But Kent Maeda, where does he go? Can he be healthy? Can he return to form? I think he's going to need to go. He's going to be very landing spot specific. It's got to be a spot where he's got a role that they'll give him a little bit of a leash just Correct. to kind of work through and show that he's healthy, but he could be a very valuable kind of mid to late round guy in 2020. Same with Snell. If he lands in a spot where the manager knows how to use him, not Kevin Cash, um, <laughs> he could be like an SP. I mean, the dude could be the NL Cy Young winner. Yep. So we'll see. Could be. Yep, absolutely. So that's a quick preview of the free agents here for the – Upcoming offseason that Matt and I will be talking about once we get into that. And of course, since this is the last edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast for the 2023 season, all of those who have been here the entire way, 
from the twice a week episodes to the once a week, to me being on a vacation every other week, to Grande filling in, to Sells missing one podcast here and there. It has been quite a ride here at Fantasy Alarm this season. We are looking forward to the 2024 season. And like I said, new name, who's this? We could see what happens here in 2024. So make sure you give Matt Sells a follow over on X at The Sellsman. I am at Colby R. Conway. And check out all the great content we have over at FantasyAlarm.com football everything like that until we get back to talking about baseball. So give us a follow and we will see you maybe end of this year or maybe early next year with more baseball talk. Thanks everyone.